The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. So we've been in a, a series uh, this season of Lent. We just started last week called Dust to Dust, Stories of Transformation. And, and what we're doing is, is we're looking at the stories of, of people's lives being transformed that are part of our local church right here at Axe Church Leander. And we're, we're hearing those stories. And, and then we're also lining those up with stories of transformation that we see in Scripture. And so last week, we looked at humanity's fall into sin and, and how that negative transformation still has ripple effects that affects us to this day, Right? But then we saw how, how God's grace in Jesus Christ, how it reverses the curse. And Sandy shared with us her story and how, how as she's tasted of God's grace, it's, it's transformed her. And it was, it was awesome to hear that. And next week, uh, we get to hear from our, our brother, Ron Jackson. We just filmed him this last week. And, and uh, it's awesome. Great story. Very excited for y'all to hear how God's been at work in his life. Um, but this week, we're looking at our story. Our story as a church. And, and for that, I just wanted to, to tell that a little bit to you, so those of you that are maybe new, to, to learn a little bit about where we're coming from and what that's about. Um, about 10 years ago, uh, the church body that we're a part of, and, and a pastor, one pastor in particular, had a vision for a church in the Austin area that, that would really seek to live out uh, the mission that, that God has called us to, to go and make disciples. And so 10 years ago, this, this pastor and a group of people uh, started a church called Crossbridge Community Church in Lakeway. And they started, and for six years, they did as much as they could to reach their community and to, to, to grow their church and, and do everything that they felt God called them to do. Um, but uh, unfortunately, after about six years, they were, they were still sitting at about, about 40 people that, that were a part of this church. But they said, you know what, this, this may be where we're at right now, but we know that God has a plan for us, that he wants us here pursuing this mission for a reason. And so they, they called a pastor down from St. Louis named Pete Mueller about four years ago. And he came down with those, those 40 diehards, and, and they, uh, they shut down worship for a little bit, they, and they got to work revitalizing their church, uh, rebranding, renaming, and they, they relaunched as Axe Church Lakeway with a mission of sending changed people into a changing world. And, uh, and God blessed them, but they said, you know what, we don't want to just plant one church, we want to plant churches that plant churches. And so with that, and, and through some generous donors, they, they formed the Axe Church Network, and so the Axe Church Network is, is dedicated to, to multiplying churches in the Austin area. And they said, all right, so we need to get a, a church planter down here and, and, and plant a church. Fortunately for, for them, at a Concordia Seminary in St. Louis at that time, there was a intelligent, <laughs> talented, dare I say ruggedly handsome young man about ready to graduate seminary and looking to plant a church uh, but they couldn't get him, so instead they got me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, in, in late June of, of 2012, my then pregnant wife, Melissa, and I uh, moved down here, and we moved to Leander, Texas, uh, to 502 South Baghdad. And uh, for our first nine months, we, we trained at Lakeway, but we also worked to uh, recruit a launch team and get to know this community. And so drank a lot of coffee, ate a lot of lunch, Gained a lot of weight. And, um, and so, so we did that, and, um, and God, God brought this, this launch team together. And February 3rd, 2013, we had our first informational meeting for this church uh, in the Carrie's upstairs living room. What do you call it? Is that? Yeah. What is it? Game room. In their game room. And so we had 45 people crammed into the, the Carrie's game room on, on Super Bowl Sunday, and, uh, and they, they came to hear about this vision for this church. And 
Fortunately, two weeks, well, not fortunately, but, but two weeks after that, uh, we had our first official launch team meeting, and we'd whittled ourselves down to 25, um, so, which is what happens. And so we, with those 25 people, we got to work praying. We met every other week. We strategized about what God had called us to do. Phil Holy led us through this great visioning process, and we served the community wherever we could. And by May 19th, we had what we call our first preview gathering. And uh, I asked everyone on our launch team, I was like, you know, let's not, let's not go public with this thing. We don't. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't know if it's going to be any good, so let's just, just duplicate yourselves, right? So we had 25 people. I said, let's pray that God, that we have 50 people here, and, and that, uh, you know, so if you're a family of, of four, you got to bring a family of four. If you're a family of eight, good for you. You got to bring a family of eight, right? So, so that's, that was the idea, and so we just said, you know, God, let, let's have 50 people, and, and by God's grace, we actually had 75 people that first gathering, and, and, uh, and he's taken care of us ever since then, and, and so each month leading up till September 8th, we had one gathering uh, just to invite people to check us out who are part of the community. We launched September 8th for regular worship, and since then, God's continued to grow our worshiping community. He's continued to send people out on mission uh, send new people out on mission in their everyday lives. And most importantly for us as a church is that we've actually gotten to see God transform lives through the gospel. And that's what's most important for us, and that's what we want to see happen again and again and again. And so we're thankful for that. And so, so that's our, our past, our present, and here we are as a church of, of people who were kind of eclectic. I don't know if you know this, but we got people who've been in church forever. Uh, we got people who are, are new to the faith just figuring this out. We got people who've been deeply hurt by the church and are at a place where they're, where they're healing but still being sent out, which is awesome. Um, we, got, we got people all over the map, but, but God's brought us all together to be on mission. And our hope is that in a maximum of two years from now, maximum of two years from now, we'll have a church planter in training in residence with us getting ready to be sent out and plant our first daughter church. And at the same time, Axe Lakeway will be doing the same thing. So that in two years, we'll have four churches and then our hope is that three years after that, we'll have eight churches, because all four churches will plant. And then three years after that, we'll have 16 churches. And the goal is by 2025 to have 25 churches in the Austin area um, that, that are part of our network. And if you're like, that sounds like way too many, I'll, I love reciting the stats. I can do that for you afterwards if, if you have questions. Uh, we, it's not even close to what we would need in order to, to reach all the people that God's called us to. Um, so that's, that's what we believe God's called us to. That's our past, our present, and our future as we look ahead to where God's leading us. And you say, all right, well, that's all well and good. What does that have to do with the text we just read? We read Jeremiah 29, verses 4 to 7. Hopefully it has a lot to do with it. Um, so Jeremiah is a, is a prophet, and he's a prophet who had to deliver a lot of bad news. He, like, had the roughest gig in the world. He just, he had to deliver all sorts of bad news. And, and some of the worst news he had to deliver was to the Israelites. And he had to say, listen, you are going to be conquered as a people, and you're going to be taken into exile in Babylon. You're going to be conquered and taken out of your home country, out of your home city, and taken into exile in Babylon. But in our text today, he's telling them, uh, God's telling them through Jeremiah, what they're supposed to do while they're in exile. Once they've been captured, here's what they're supposed to do. Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7. Hear it again. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile 
and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Now, so God says to the people of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah, listen, you're going to be taken into exile. You're going to be taken out of your homeland, but don't lose hope. Continue to grow, continue to multiply, continue to expand as the people of God. Hope you're seeing some correlation there. And seek the welfare of the city. Seek the welfare of the city. And let's just think about how incredible this command is of God. He's telling the Israelites, he's saying, listen, you're going to be taken captive. You're going to be in a city that's not your own. You're going to be in an enemy city. And I want you to pray for them. I want you to help make that city flourish. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now why, how can God ask them to do that? Why is God asking them to do that? Because they're the people of God. And and the people of God are uniquely qualified to seek the welfare of whatever city they're in. People of God are uniquely qualified to seek the welfare of whatever city they're in. And here's why. Because their hope is not in the city. Their hope is not in their nation. Their hope is not in some charismatic leader. Their hope is not in themselves. Their hope is in God. And when your hope is in God, you're then freed to seek the welfare of others. Because you know that God's taking care of everything else for you. When your hope's in him, you're free to seek the welfare of others because you know that God has taken care of everything else. So for us, as the people of God today, as the church, we're free to seek the welfare of our city because we look to the gospel and we see we're free to do that. We look at what Jesus has done for us and we're empowered to do that, right? We're free to, to give of our time. Because we don't have to think, oh man, I got so much to accomplish, there's so much I need to do to to justify my existence. No, Jesus accomplished everything. He took care of it all on the cross. And so we're free to give of our time. And and see, we're free to give of our money, right? Because Jesus says, don't don't worry about tomorrow, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what clothes you're going to wear. Your heavenly father knows you need those things. He'll take care of it. See, God's our father. Because we trust in Jesus. He takes care of us. So we're free to give our money. We're free to give our love. We don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to cling to it because it's overflowing. Because we've experienced God's love through Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. That as we look to him, we experience God's love and it overflows out of us. You see, a life shaped by the gospel is a life that's freed to seek the welfare of others. And you say, okay, I get that, Gabe, that's good, it makes sense, but I don't really feel that. I understand it cognitively, I don't, I don't really feel it. Okay. Um, it would not be a Gabe Casper sermon if I did not either make a Martin Luther quote or reference uh, soccer, the greatest game in the world. So, uh, old Dr. Marty's taking a break this Sunday, and uh, we're going to talk about soccer. So, this, a week ago this past Sunday, um, the head coach of the U.S. men's national team, for soccer, Jurgen Klinsmann was interviewed at South by Southwest this past Sunday. I wasn't able to go because I work on Sundays, and um, and so and so so he's interviewed. But I, of course, you know, listened to it, and I listened to it this last week. And at the end of his interview, people got to ask him questions, and so everyone asked him these kind of big systemic questions, like, "Hey, what are you going to do to improve the the sort of youth development in our country to to produce better and better players? How are you going to overhaul that whole system?" 
And then they'd ask him, like, what are you going to do to get our, our best players here in the States to be playing in the top tiers in Europe? And, and they just ask him these just big, big questions that he, he has to give these big answers to. And they finally get to the last question, and this little kid comes up to the microphone named Owen. And he's, so here's this little kid. He's got the opportunity to ask the head coach of the U.S. men's national team any question he wants, any question he wants in the world. And he says to him, he goes, how can I get my left foot to be as good as my right foot, right? <laughs> so... And so, yeah, everyone applauds and they laugh and it's, it's great. And then Jurgen Klinsmann actually answers him. And he says, well, you just have to train your left foot. He says, just go an entire week of training only using your left foot. And just keep doing that. Watch how much it improves after just one week of exclusively using your left foot. Now see, it's the same thing that's true for us. See, we, we're freed by the gospel. We know that, we get that. But it takes training to live into that freedom. It takes training to really experience that. And so that's why we do weekends like this, where we say, let's go serve, let's go be sent, let's go where God has called us. So that we we learn what it is to live day in and day out as servants of Jesus. We learn what it is to live day in and day out as followers of Jesus. This isn't the the only time we should be serving as a church. This isn't the only time y'all should be serving, right? Every day, we have the opportunity to be sent. This just helps train us to do that. And so my prayer for you today, that as as we go from this place, and as you give of your time, and you give of your talents, and you give your love to care for this community, take a moment and think of the God who has given you everything through his son. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.